Welcome to the Undercurrent Podcast. I'm your host, Liana Lumawig, life coach, surfer, and ex-corporate girl living in Bali. I've been in unfulfilling jobs and relationships that used to drain my energy and confidence to the point where I was miserable. If you can relate, this podcast is for you. I'm here to tell you that you don't have to stay stuck and settle for anything less than what makes you happy. You can choose how to work, love, and live on your terms. And this podcast will show you how. Let's dive in. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Undercurrent Podcast. It's you and me again this week, and I'm really excited to dig into this topic with you. You know, by nature, I'm someone who is highly ambitious, driven, a bit of an overachiever. I used to believe that I can do it on my own and sign up for way too many things. I'd say yes more than I'd say no and pile a lot on my plate to the point where it became unmanageable and created so much unnecessary stress and suffering in my life. If you identify as someone who is highly self-sufficient, independent, and does everything on their own, without the help and support of many others, then this podcast is for you, my friend. (laughs) So back in 2005, I got my first quote-unquote real job (laughs) working in the big city behind an actual desk instead of behind a cashier like in my previous jobs. It started out as a contract initially for a few months in the summer, but regardless, I was really excited because from a young age, It was always a dream of mine to get dressed up in fancy pantsuits, wear pumps, and carry around a women's briefcase looking like a classy businesswoman with important meetings to attend. I remember exiting the BART train station right in the middle of downtown San Francisco. I would look up at these really tall buildings and notice all the city sounds, the honking, the sound the buses would make at every stop, and the click-clack of people commuting by foot to the office, including me in my brand new fancy business heels. I worked in a beautiful classical revival building that was actually built in 1912 that was made of reinforced concrete and had these long, beautiful marble hallways with private offices on each side, and I imagined used to be occupied by busy businessmen who would like smoke cigars and have scotch during the workday with gorgeous secretaries who catered to their every need. I was in the big corner office at the end of the hall, which I shared with my entire company of less than 10 people. It was pretty small, but it was kitty corner to the Transamerica Pyramid, which was the tallest building in the city at the time. And I could see right outside my bay windows. And I thought, I made it. I had reached the pinnacle of my career at that point, I thought. My boss offered me a full-time position after the summer ended, and I was honored and, and also torn at the same time because I was slated to go back to school that fall. I was still in college, which would be a hell of a juggle to work and go to school full-time. So the commute to this job was an hour north by train from my house, and then my school was 45 minutes south of my house, which meant commuting over 110 miles each day. So if I were to be offered the position today, I would have politely said no because I could see how nearly impossible it would be to commit to balancing a full-time load of classes, homework, a full-time job, and over a three-hour commute each day. But this isn't me today. (laughs) This was me 16 years ago when I thought I was superwoman. 
and I found myself signing the contract to my first ever salaried position and also signing up for the following schedule. Wake up in the morning at 4 a.m. and get ready for work. Get to the train station at 5, take the hour-long train to the city and arrive at the office by 6 a.m., then work all day, leave by 3 p.m., run fast to the train station and do my homework on the train, get to my car in the East Bay, grab a Subway sandwich for dinner, and eat it on my lap while driving 45 minutes to make it to my 6 p.m. class at San Jose State, where I would spend three to four hours there at school, get home between 9.30 or 10.30 p.m., asleep by 11, wake up at 4 a.m. the next day, and do it all again. Yeah, that was a lot. (laughs) I did this for an entire semester of school, which was grueling. And the concepts of overwhelm, burnout, and overworking were foreign to me at the time. But I learned quickly and became very familiar with these topics by going through this experience. Are you someone who identifies as a high achiever, a superwoman type who's strong and independent and does everything on their own, who has trouble asking for help even when you really need it? I feel you. If you're not sure, here are signs that you might be. You're always really productive, or try to be, so you fill up your time with tasks and appointments, and there's no space in your day for much else than your overflowing to-do list. You don't know how to delegate. You think you have to manage everything at 100%. Being a good friend, partner, having a fit body, a sparkling clean house. You're powered by coffee or rely on something externally to keep your energy levels up throughout the day. You say yes to everything, and you don't say no enough. You feel guilty and apologize because you overcommit to too many things and can't always show up for all of them. You're late or flaky with appointments. I grew up thinking that doing it all on my own was a virtue. That being an independent and ambitious woman would give me everything I always wanted. That I would be rewarded. And judging by the clients and students I work with and the recent polls I've done on my Instagram stories, a lot of you who may be listening share a similar belief and can relate. So why do we believe this to be true? That overworking and powering through on our own is a good thing. Well, if you come from the Western part of the world, Western culture values individualism. So we see the terms like self-made success and self-help books. Culturally, we value being able to do things on our own and being self-sufficient. Strong and independent women like Rosie the Riveter, like that avatar, are celebrated. Women are celebrated for being able to do it all. We hate to ask for help because maybe we might feel shameful of being perceived as weak or vulnerable. Or maybe we are afraid of being rejected if we do ask for help. Perfectionism is another reason why we try and do things on our own and do a lot on our own is because um, perfectionism has increased over 30% since 1989. And with Instagram and all their many filters, I think that number is likely growing. We might have limiting beliefs or an inner critic that may feed us thoughts and ideas that we need to be this way, that we need to power through. Or it's something that we learned. It's a learned behavior that we, we saw in childhood. Or you don't actually believe you could ask for help. We attach worthiness to productivity and might be slightly work addicted. The better I did at work, the more recognition I got, and the better I felt about myself. Or so I thought. Having a habit of doing everything on your own can negatively impact your life. 
Here are 10 ways. Number one, we experience an increase of stress. So I used to overcommit to too many things so much that I ended up getting panic attacks. I'd pass out in random places because my body couldn't take any more stress that I was putting on myself. Number two, we become susceptible to burnout and overwhelm. Number three, we're more prone to getting sick. Number four, we get into more conflict with people. We snap at little things. You know, when our tank is empty, anything can trigger us. And having too much on our plate can cause us to be resentful towards people. And we can view people and the world through a negative lens when we're not taking care of ourselves. So for me, when I was doing too much, I noticed that I got into conflict with everyone. My boyfriend at the time, my housemate, even my landlord. (laughs) Everyone else was the problem from my perspective until I realized that the common denominator was me. (laughs) Number five, we feel lonely. We're too busy to engage socially and let people in. So we close ourselves off to people. So we look strong on the outside and You know, the strongest ones look like we have it all together, but they could actually be struggling more than you think. Number six, we're less productive when we try and juggle too many things. Multitasking is a myth. Number seven, we're not as creative and we lose our ability to problem solve as easily. Number eight, we push love away. I have a client who's like Superwoman. She's got a great job, a house, financially secure, fit. Seriously, this woman has it all. (laughs) But she has trouble in relationships with men because she feels like her success is too threatening for her potential partners. There's an old narrative about men being threatened by a successful woman's thriving career. But I believe that there can be a different story. When women are successful and independent, they can sometimes give off a vibe that they can handle everything on their own. And potential partners could feel like there's no room in their lives for them. And I've been there. You know, we all want to feel needed. So if your partner or potential partner feels like they have no place in your life, they'll definitely pull back in the effort to avoid the risk of being hurt. It's kind of like a defense mechanism. You might think that when they pull back that they don't care And you might become resentful towards them and pull back also. So now you guys are both guarded. But we need each other. And we all want to feel needed and valued in a relationship. So when we don't open ourselves up for the emotional support and be supported, potential partners will feel unwanted and unimportant. Number nine, we lose connection and presence with ourselves. We lose self-awareness which can make us feel both lost and unsatisfied with life. And number 10, it affects our mental health. You know, at one point, I was overworking at one job, and I had eight different roles that I was doing, and I said yes to everything. I didn't have time to hang out with people. I lived by myself and started isolating myself even more because I just didn't have time for anything but my work tasks, going home, eating and sleeping. And I started getting really depressed and I started binge eating and sometimes purging because of the overwhelming stress that I was experiencing from work and the lack of support that I had. I gained a lot of weight in a short period of time. 
I lost my confidence and felt terrible about myself. And I was depressed for a little while and it was not a fun time. Being independent and being self-sufficient is important, but it shouldn't overpower your life. You know, we need people in our lives to help and support us. And we need to have the space to create breathing room for ourselves. Just because you're capable of doing everything yourself doesn't mean you have to. You got to learn how to rest and let others take the lead sometimes. You're not going to be seen as weak or incapable by letting others care for you. So how do we change our thinking and patterns of trying to do everything ourselves? Here are five ways. Number one, get comfortable with prioritizing happiness over perfection. The difference between feeling content and disappointed at the end of the day comes from the expectations that we set on ourselves. So I definitely have high expectations for myself, and I'm hard on myself sometimes when I don't meet them. So I'm learning to lower the bar here. And instead of assuming that you have to do everything, think about the things that will make you feel the happiest and make those a priority. Remember, done is better than perfect. Number two, hack your reward system. Focus on tackling one big domino on your to-do list at a time instead of focusing on all of the things that you haven't done yet. When we complete a task on our list, we get a dopamine boost in the reward centers of our brain, which gives us pleasure, motivation, energy that we can use. I used to have a never-ending to-do list that would grow and grow. I would continually add on tasks, so by the end of the day, my list was longer than when it started. I had more tasks left unchecked than I had completed, and my energy would be so low when I would leave the office because I felt unaccomplished. So don't make the never-ending to-do list like I did. Make a to-do list that's manageable and keep it short. Limit it to three to five things per day. So everything else that you get done after that is just icing on the cake and more rewards for your reward system. Fill your day to only 70 to 80% full instead of 100 like I used to. So I'm still learning how to do this. This is something that my boyfriend taught me. When you don't fill your day up to the brim, you have room for unexpected things to happen. Number four, schedule break time to reflect and get present. I know the CEO of LinkedIn, Jeff Weiner, He schedules a couple of one-hour blocks in his busy schedule during the day with nothing on the schedule. And number five, ask for help. I know that this is hard to do for a lot of us because it's a vulnerable thing to do, asking for help. You know, we don't want to get rejected. We might have a limiting belief that we're not worthy of support or we don't deserve help. Let me remind you that you are deserving and people do want to help you. No one achieves great things alone, and we're hardwired for connection. So how do you ask for help anyway? Think of the things that you might need help with. What areas do you experience friction or speed bumps in your day? Is it things like cleaning, like the bathroom, or preparing food, or doing your laundry? Outsource or share the load with someone else in your household, or your group at work, if it's a work task. Hire a coach. I had feelings of overwhelm and wanting to shift something in my life years ago. And working in corporate a few years back, I didn't know what it was that I wanted to do with my life. 
So I hired my first coach and it was life-changing. It was one of the first big steps that got me to change my career and dive into personal growth. Join a group coaching program or support group. When you surround yourself with like-minded people who are on similar paths, it can really make a big impact on your life. In my group coaching program, Pursuit on Point, we spend a couple of months meeting live and in a Facebook community group to help each other with their biggest goals. We support each other, brainstorm together, and come up with solid action steps and creative solutions for the shifts that they want to make in their lives. And it's really powerful stuff. And when you ask for help, Keep in mind that it's easier for people to help you when they're clear about what you need help with exactly. So you'll explain your situation. Give them context and clarity. Let them know where you're at right now, where you're stuck. Explain where you want to be, what your end goal is, what outcome you want to to have. You can let them know what you've already done. It sounds like this. You know, I get I'm here at point A. I need to get to point B. I've already looked at X, but I'm running into problems. I'm running into snags. Can you help me? You'll notice when you stop trying to be superwoman and doing everything on your own and start receiving help from your friends or coaches or support groups, there are a lot of positive things that can happen. One of them is you'll be able to think better, have more creativity, make better decisions, and solve problems easier. So our brain has two modes. One is focused mode, which we use when we're doing things like learning something new, writing, or working. And diffuse mode, or default mode, which is our more relaxed, daydreamy mode when we're not thinking so hard. And we need both. But when we stop focusing on too many things, we activate our default mode network. So the default mode network is the part of our brain that activates old memories it goes back and forth between the past present and future and recombines different ideas but when you're focusing on too much you're actually blocking your access to the diffuse mode and the diffuse mode you need it to be able to solve difficult problems the more that we give ourselves space in default mode we give ourselves a chance to update information in our brain We get access to deeper parts of ourselves and enhance our problem-solving abilities, creativity, and decision-making abilities. Another benefit that you will experience is building connection with people. So research shows that helping people makes us feel good. When we give them opportunities to feel good, a stronger bond forms between you two. Think of a time when you did a favor for someone you cared about and they shared how much it meant to them. It felt good, right? People love helping people, and asking for help allows other people to shine in their strengths and what they're good at. Another benefit is you'll be happier and healthier physically and mentally. So not doing it all and receiving help and support lowers your stress levels when you're not filled to the brim. You have more time to do things that you love. You have more room for people that you care about. You can form a better relationship with yourself when you're not expecting too much. To sum it all up, if you've got a lot on your plate that you're juggling right now, remember, you don't need to do it all. You can lower your expectations, ask for help, and join groups of like-minded people who can support you. Are you on the verge of change somewhere in your life? Maybe it's in your career, your relationships, or health, or do you just feel like something within you is shifting? 
I've got something that might help support you as you go on this journey. It's a free mini training series called How to Get Clear on Your Purpose to Live a Fulfilling Life. And it's packed with tools and exercises that I use with all my clients and students. And I'm really excited to share with you. So there are three lessons in total. You can watch lesson one that's live right now. Lesson two will be available on Friday, July 9th. And lesson three will be available on Friday, July 16th. You can enroll for free now at courses.lianalumawi.com. See you again next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of The Undercurrent Podcast. If we're not yet connected on Instagram, give me a follow at Liana Lumawig and at The Undercurrent Podcast. For more tips on how to design your life on your terms, or if you'd like to reach out, visit lianalumawig.com or you can always DM me on Instagram at The Undercurrent Podcast. Take care, my friends, and see you next week.